thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, everybody. If you love Jesus, say I do. Hey, it's great to see all of you. Uh, Hey, a couple things. First of all, um, we begin today our summer small group semester, and uh, that's an eight-week semester where our aim is to, in addition to being together on Sundays, to connect throughout the week um, in different uh, capacities. And so I want to encourage you. Um, our, our goal is a, f- a few things with small groups. Uh, one is it's a place to make disciples. In addition, it's a way to form community. In addition, it's a way, um, it, frankly, it's a way to reach people. And so I want to invite you to just uh, think through what, are, what, what might you have capacity for. And if you could put some of that towards making disciples of people that need more Jesus in their lives. If you could think through it, maybe you just need some friendships and you want to form some friendships. Um, maybe, uh, maybe it's an outreach. Maybe you want to try to help somebody um, that doesn't know Jesus. Um, and so anyway, if you'll think through all that and then just go through right over here and I'll, we'll help you go on the journey. You just got to take a step. And so um, check that out. We have seven different hubs, which is kind of young adult, prayer, men's, women's. Our goal is to do four things in those places uh, in a small group. We want encouragement to take place. We want to read the scriptures. Uh, we want to take a moment and pray together. And then we want to help each other continue on, the, on your journey uh, as followers of Jesus. And so um, we do acron- acronyms around here. It's not very liturgical. That spells ESPN, which you know my love language. And so uh, that's, that's kind of how we roll there. And so um, I want to encourage you, if you can, uh, just, to, just to check that out. And then in summertime, it's a great opportunity. Uh, some people have more capacity if you're traveling um, this summer, which most of you are, uh, just he, our, our dream is that in the weeks that you're here, you're able to jump in, be a part of a small group, but uh, eight-week semester starting today, and it's going to be a good one. Hey, next Sunday is Father's Day, everybody, and so, um, yeah, it's going to be good. I've already told my children what I want, and so um, I'm very specific, and uh, that gift request has been submitted. Uh, But in addition to that, um, we've got a great uh, party next week. I like celebrating Father's Day. I think Father's Day is one that we should make a big deal of uh, because it's like celebrating myself. And so um, anyway, for those of you dads that feel like Father's Day is one that uh, you skip church, I want to invite you to not skip church next week because we're going to have a couple things. One, we're going to have some dad's root beer here, so that'll be a good time. And then... um, and then also, uh, uh, we've got a great uh, panel. It's going to be fun next week. Um, and I've got a, uh, a great father that you're going to hear from. Uh, it's, a, it's a complete secret. I don't want you to know who it is. Um, but he's 76 and usually sits on the front row. So uh, he's going to be up here with me, and we're going to have a great time. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, uh, let's go. Bibles. That sounded like Oklahoma right there. Bibles. Uh, let's go. Second Timothy chapter 2. We're in this series, and we've called it family. And here's the idea. It's a culture series. And we're working on a couple different things. One, we're working on culture within our church, within the Radiant Church family. But second, all of them have practical application in your nuclear family. And so I've been just studying uh, what it's like to do family. Um, I I have four teenagers now, and so um, (laughs) uh, we all need prayer uh, as we all journey through seasons together. And so so I thought it'd be fun to take a season 
And not only study how family operates in the family of God, but also how, how to do family in, in your nuclear family. And so I believe that the application works um, if you're a grandparent and you have adult children and you have small children um, at home, or if you're a, if maybe if you're a child and you're just learning some ideas about how it works in your family, kind of all that age scale. Um, but I, I want to I, I just kind of build some culture. And so uh, we talked in week one, we talked about humility. We call it favored family because at the end of the day, it's countercultural to go humility instead of pride. And yet there's so much blessing, grace uh, on families or people that choose humility, but that's hard to do. So we talked about that and walking in that grace uh, or that favor of God. Then last week, we went after rested family. And that idea is that in the busyness of the culture that we're in, um, I think it's difficult, not just for a church family, but for an individual family to have the rhythms of rest that we read in the scriptures, that we see in the person of Jesus. And when we read Old Testament and we look at the people of Israel, God's covenant people, the kinds of rhythms that God put into their lives. And rest is essential because we live in a fast-paced culture. We think that we are Superman and we don't, need to, we don't need to engage in rest, but you do. And there is a rest that Jesus invites us into that will help you actually fulfill your mission instead of burn out on your mission if you rest well. But if you don't rest well, then you won't have the endurance to finish your mission. So because we did last week uh, rest, today we're going to go after mission or suffering. Welcome to church, everybody. Aren't you glad you came? And so if you have your Bibles, let's go second. It's actually about mission, not suffering, but I'm going to talk about suffering because there's some suffering in mission. Second Timothy chapter two, here we go. Verse eight, Paul speaking to young Timothy, old preacher speaking to young preacher says this, remember, everybody say remember. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Fun. Just love that. This is my gospel. We're going to hit on that a little bit. For which I am suffering. Oh, there it is. For which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. God's word is not, but God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything. Say endure. Say endure. Therefore, I endure everything. Everything? Everything. No, I'm mad. No, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Father, we love you today. We ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to live on mission. Help us to endure. Help us to find joy in mission and even in suffering. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would illuminate the word of God and transform our hearts so that we live differently in a culture that this would seem like craziness to. Help us, we need your help. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. When we forget Jesus, Christianity is too hard. But when we remember Jesus, we can endure everything. Say it again. When we forget Jesus, Christianity is too hard. It's tough. But when we remember Jesus, we can endure everything. I don't know about you, but for me, it's easy for me to put disciplines in place, activities in place that are the intent of following Jesus. So it could be prayer meetings. It could be your choice in how you're going to walk in sexual purity. It could be how you're going to serve the poor, how you're going to give, how you're going to um, make disciples, how you're going to uh, live within the family to try to lay your life down for the sake of others. And when you commit your life and you say, I'm all in and I'm going to do that, 
And then you go months, years, and you're on autopilot, living with some external Christian behavior, but you have forgotten Jesus. You lack the strength to endure. And you end up by yourself, driving in the car, saying, God, where are you? You end up by yourself, getting ready, saying, this is not what I signed up for. You end up with anger. You end up feeling like a victim. You end up feeling like, I want to give up. I have grown weary. But if you remember Christ, Paul, Roman prison cell, chained to a guard, speaking to young Timothy, not talking like, I'm enduring so that I get out of here, Ali Ali, all set free, and then I go fulfill my calling. In, enduring everything. Though I'm in suffering, this is my good news. This is my, I'm still talking about the good news. This is my gospel, Christ Jesus. So I was thinking about people that I know doing Christian things. This week, I watched a man pray for another man in our church. One of them is believing for this man that was praying, the intercessor. He was praying for, he has been praying for healing in his body. He needs, he's asking, he's believing God for a miracle. And I saw him pray for healing for another person who had a lesser ailment with tears and passion praying. That, if you forget Christ, seems unbearable. Come on, God. Where are you at? But if you remember Christ, who went around healing, if you remember Christ, who went to a cross, if you remember Christ, then you can look at that moment and call it beautiful. Just thinking about a family... And this is a family that has put the unreached people as a part of their family mission. So this is a group that has said, we're going to voluntarily forego some of the American privileges. We could make more money. We could have a more uh, secure house, more safety. We could have some more space. But we've decided to live our lives in such a way where we're going to care about people in other nations that have never heard the gospel. It's part of our family mission. And because we do that as a family, then there's actually things that we don't have because we've made that choice. Now, if you're an American and you look at that, then you think, oh, come on, God, why won't you give them more things? Come on. But if you remember Christ, then like Paul, you can look at that and say, that is beautiful. Over and over again, you can look at people in our church that serve sacrificially and selflessly and voluntarily, even when they could exert that energy, though they have not perfect health, though they have not perfect finance, though, and yet they serve others. And when you remember Christ, the one who actually was the humble servant who went to a cross, you can look at that and instead of saying, mm, you can say this is beautiful. Although what you have to do is you have to take the way that Paul talks here and get this into your head and your heart to where when I remember Jesus, I can endure. And enduring is very different than what we're told every day. 
We're told every day, hey, let all your dreams come true on earth. I mean, I'll never forget the doctrine that I believed as a child because I heard it in the magic kingdom where elephants fly. It's a small world. And at the end of the day, fireworks. When I went, it was 30 happy years. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you, Donald. End of the day, fireworks go off and it's, you can do whatever you want to do. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. All your dreams are going to come true. And what's easy to do is to take that false gospel. Let me, Jesus never said all your dreams are going to come true in this life. In this life, John 16, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. But what we often do is we say, okay, I, I, I hear that. I've been discipled by Disney and I'm going to apply it in the church. Now, Jesus, you're going to make all my dreams come true through Christianity. And actually, I'm the center of my universe, just like the world. I've just switched the way that I view it. But if you live that way, you will end up honestly with depression. Because you'll have a false gospel. And you'll live not like Paul, who think about endure. He's talking about enduring and nobody talks about joy the way Paul talks about joy. Paul talks about joy while he's in pain. We go through pain and we get ticked. And, <laughs> hey, last week was rest. So if this feels a little hard, just go listen to rest and come back. All right. <laughs> but I look at it this way. Culture says, hey, make yourself the center and your dreams come true. And when you go that route, here's the problem. You and I know, practically speaking, seven habits that we learn on YouTube, seven different things that we do, seven different disciplines, seven different ways we come at it financially, work, seven different ways that we plan. And you and I know that it is possible to build a life where you are safe, secure, financially okay, and you do have a little happiness. That is possible. When you live in the wealthiest, most, I mean, nation that has produced such an abundance, we know that's possible. And so many people settle for that. It's a little life, but it's possible. Not guaranteed, but you know, hey, if I work this variable, that variable, put in the effort here, I could develop this white picket fence kind of life. But Jesus invites you to instead of serving self, instead of living on mission to make self a big deal, to actually live a big life. But the person who lived the big life and instead of living for self, lived for others, also had the most joy. He experienced joy above all his companions. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. John 17, he prays, Father, I pray that they, the disciples, would have my joy. He has more joy than anyone else, and he suffered more than anyone else. So if you choose the big life, you will have a surpassing joy, but you will also have, join with me in suffering. That's what Paul says to young Timothy. 
Join with me in suffering for the gospel. So we have a choice. And here's the challenge. This one is so tempting. Especially when it's what everyone around me is doing. And everybody that says, live for the sake of join Jesus on Jesus' mission. Everybody would say, that's crazy. Make yourself the center of your mission and you'll find happiness. Jesus says, through his power, put others first and find joy. And here's the crazy part. All the dreams of these people actually do come true. It's just not on earth. It's in heaven. Because the American dream fades, but the Jesus dream grows in their heart. So you take steps towards the Jesus dream, and you just live like, Peter says, resident aliens on planet earth. You live like strangers and foreigners in this land. Many of us look just like the people in the culture. (laughs) So the people in the culture don't come to you asking, tell me about your joy. No, you're as depressed as they are. But when we go, I'm finding my joy in Christ and living on with his mission, it changes everything. Listen to this. Hebrews 12 says this. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Here it is. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There's that word endured again. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured. So Paul had talked about how he endured. Now we're talking about Christ enduring who endured such opposition for sin, from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Remember Jesus, Paul says. Fix your eyes on Jesus. What's the reason so that you don't grow weary? If you forget Christ, you'll grow weary. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. Things didn't turn out. My dreams didn't come true. Remember Christ. And focus in on Christ. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, when in your mind you remember Jesus, it gives you strength to look forward and endure. Because this life is actually not about your made-up goals coming about. It's about connecting your life to the mission of Jesus And then saying, I have switched kings. I'm on mission with him. So his mission is now my mission. So I don't go, um, I prayed a prayer, and now Jesus endorses my mission, like a book endorsement. I don't say, hey, Jesus, I'm going to go plant church. Uh, We together, you endorse me because this is a good thing. Oh, no. Jesus... He is on mission in 2022 right now. And our goal is to join Jesus in what he's doing. Our goal is we're going we're gonna to join him. So the good news for you and for me is that as the family of God, we get to join him right now, which means it's not your mission. It's Jesus' mission. And then the privilege and the joy that you find on mission with him. Jesus talked about this uh, and, and related it to family and talked about family, about what his family is like in Matthew chapter 12. Look at this. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, 
His mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So here's Jesus saying, my family are these disciples who do the will of my father. So what we do is we say, instead of saying, okay, what what do I want to do and get Jesus' endorsement? Instead, we say, Jesus, what are you doing today? What did Jesus do? And now what is Jesus doing? And now I play my part. I just play my, I just play my part in the mission of Christ. What, what Jesus is doing right now. And Jesus will invite you to a mission that you can't accomplish on your own. He'll invite you to a mission that you say yes to it, and it takes dependence on him, walking with him, his activity. <laughs> Many of us, we create a mission that we actually don't need Jesus to accomplish. As long as we put in the planning and the sweat, hey, I can accomplish these goals. I want to invite you to rethink, reform, and go, all right, Jesus, I'm on mission, your mission, with Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus, now. All right, I, that, that's, that's, that is impo- an, an impossible mission without you, but with you. So I wanna invite you to think, is it possible for you to accomplish the mission that Jesus has you on without him? And if so, pull back, get with him and say, ooh, maybe we should expand. Maybe we should look differently. Maybe we should rethink what our, what our mission looks like. Second, I wanna invite you to just remember the privilege of being on mission with Jesus. Just, just the privilege of it. Uh, if, if you were living in the first century and Jesus invited you to follow him and he helped you reform how you think and pray like him and he taught you and trained you and then he sent you out. Imagine the privilege. So instead of thinking about this as the church-mandated obligation to prove to somebody that I'm a good person, You flip it and say, Jesus, I'm doing what you're leading me to, and it is the privilege of my life to be on mission with Christ. So Jesus, what do you want me to do? And I get that that encounter. You sing the new song. I've never sang that song we sang today, but I was loving it. I would text Nathan. I was like, "Let's, let's sing that song at the end. That's awesome, right? So that encounter moment leads to not just me, but mission. Every time you have an encounter, it's the privilege of mission. I worship and I go, God, now I'm finding, I'm, I'm gaining strength from you to not grow weary, but to live Monday through Saturday on mission again for the sake of others, not just for self. When we see all through the scriptures, people that encountered God, they go on mission. Moses, Exodus 3, burning bush. Encounter. So we tend to go, oh, Let's create the burning bush book and talk about that. But it leads to the privilege of going on mission. I got a mission for you. Isaiah 6. Oh, I saw the Lord. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Aye, 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 aye. Who will go for me? Here I am, send me. Leads to mission. Abraham. Hey, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. To go on mission. Disciples, follow me. Going to send you out. Paul, Acts 9, what's up? 
this is Jesus whom you, <laughs> who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus who you persecute. Ah! I'm going to send you out. Go reach people. So your encounter, your relationship, your intimacy with God, your closeness, it leads to mission. And what a privilege. What a privilege. You're going to give yourself to the mission of something. Just will it be Jesus? So, all right. And, and, and when you have enduring to the end for the mission of Christ, it flips the whole way that you worldview, the whole way that you think. And you'll find your weariness and your, your anger towards God decrease and your supernatural joy in God increase. Your constant temptation to put on social media how ticked off you are will decrease. And your thank you God for how great you are will increase. Same people, same, same, same circumstance, different perspectives, two different outcomes. So last one is this. Remember the urgency of the mission. The urgency. I just love this phrase where he says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. This is my good news. This is my good news. I just want to pause there. You could take that lots of directions, but I just want to say this. Everybody in a consumer culture will tell you nonstop the good news that they have. The product, the news selection, they're proclaiming, here's my claim. This is the better news. Live for this. We live in a world of ideas where everybody's developing devotion for what they think is the best news. Oh, no, no. Let me tell you, this is the way to look at the world. Oh, no, this product. Oh, no, this fine. Join my, you join my webinar and I'll make you somebody. Welcome to 2022. Paul says, there is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. False gospels don't move me. True gospel will enable me to endure suffering. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And don't allow a false gospel to get in. Don't, get, don't allow that, yeah, 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 but. Mm, no! That's what ruins you. Because here's what you're saying. That's back seat. Let me give you front seat news. Let me give you front seat agenda. Let me give you front seat affection. Here's the better way. Here I am, chained to a guard. The word of God is not chained. Let me tell you, I can endure everything. Endure everything. No, 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 Paul. Yeah, I can endure everything. How? I remember Christ. I remember so in the midst of all the good things that you're doing, if you do the good behavior, but you forget the person, you'll end up weary. But if you remember Christ, if that worship song is you drive to work, if you just gather the family around the table, partake of communion again and say, let's remember Christ. Let's remember the cross. If I don't gather my family, I start to think I should have what my neighbors have. The grass under their trampoline's not dead. I should have what the neighbors have. 
Their car is better than mine. I should get me. I should have. I should think they should change. I. And all of a sudden, what I have in my life is not enough. But if I remember Christ, and we talk about the cross, and we talk about the suffering servant, I look back to Christ so that I look forward to endure. And you know what? The reformation of my affections caused me to know that one day my dreams are coming true because you know what your dream is? Therefore, I looked him there before me. It was a great multitude that no one could count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Saying, worthy is the lamb. Oh, I thought my dream was for me to get to go on cruises in my 60s and be able to like, you know, have some kids that like me and have, get to wear a shirt from the mall. No, you punt on an age that gives false gospel and you buy in to one that lasts for eternity and it reforms your joy. <laughs> Jesus endured. Therefore, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy and suffering. Joy and the cross. How do you top that? What, how does that even go together? There is joy. Jesus had joy in the mission of you going low. And if you'll go low like Christ, and so you'll make choices, then you can be in the prayer meeting making disciples of other people giving up finance to help people over oceans know Christ who don't have access like you have access serving those in our city saying no we're actually going to take a Saturday where we don't do a baseball game to go serve the poor no we're actually going to take a Wednesday night no we're actually going you do you whatever the Lord but, but we're going to our lives are going to be formed around the mission of Christ rather than what the culture has told us is valuable. And I want to invite you to just a few practical things with your family because this is applicable in the way that you lead your families. Whether you're elementary, students, young adult, married with small kids, teenagers, family, grandparents, I want to invite you to think about what does it look like for your family? Um... I was reading this book called The Intentional Father by John Tyson. It's got this great story where he and his family had gone into New York City and planted a church and they didn't have the funds to buy a house in the city so they lived outside the city so they were going in and out of the city driving, spending so much time in transportation and he apologized to his teenage son for how much time they spent in the car and he said, thank you for your good attitude. I'm sorry that we have to spend so much time in transportation to which his son replied, dad, Church planting is what we do. It's fine. This is who we are. Tysons are church planters. I want you to just freeze frame that. Here's what a teenage boy says back to his father. Dad, church planting is what we do. Here's what you find. Family has a mission. Family has a purpose. And we're willing to endure for his, in his sake, New York City traffic for the sake of the gospel. But it's a way of thinking. This is our family mission. The challenge is, actually, Jefferson Bethke in his book, Take Back Your Family, he gives this great idea, but he says, 
Most of us live where our family looks just like the culture, where we live in a consumer culture, so we have consumer families. So instead of contributing to the proclamation of the gospel, both in word or in deed, we as families just live like consumers. So whatever, whatever the culture is pushing on our family, we're just trying to manage all of it. And he said, our family has tried to flip it to where we want to be contributors so that others' lives are better over consumers. So he talked a bit about it in the realm of generosity. He talked about how they take a portion and the kids get less in order so that they can give more to help others, to do more for others. And then they talk about it and have family meeting to discuss what it looks like. So imagine what it looks like for you to have a family on mission with Christ where you have, you're living on mission and the family knows, hey, we're Tyson's, we plant churches. Hey, we're Macintoshes, we lead prayer meetings. Hey, we're Barkers, we throw parties. Hey, <laughs> we're Reeds, we worship. Hey, we're Groshes, we make disciples of young people. Hey, we're Dorenskys, we do everything. Hey, are you with me? So, so it's saying, this is who we are. But it's got this, if, if you don't, somebody's going to fill it with mission. It just might be the mission of the culture. So I want you to just think, all right, what, 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 what is, what, what is our, what's our family mission? We're Montgomery's. We do adoption. We're Hebert's. We reach the nations. It's, you're thinking there's a, there's a gospel mission connected to our, our family mission part of our conversation. There's voluntary sacrifice. And boy, you build that in. This is what our purpose is. Otherwise, you'll just be playing catch up. Oh, 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 oh. So redefine it. Jesus, this is what it looks like for us. Me, this is what it looks like for us. Mike Breen wrote a a great book um, called Family on Mission. And uh, sorry if I'm quoting more books than normal. I just found Audible. So anyway, uh, Um, but he, (laughs) this is going to benefit you maybe. Um, but he wrote this book called family on mission. And he, he said it, he said, some families live, uh, family and mission and family and mission looks like maybe one person in the family is, has a mission and they're constantly choosing between their mission for God and juggling family life. So as a pastor, this would be for me, you could take your career, whatever you do, um, or whatever you do in terms of maybe in a dream team role, or what, but it's the idea is that you're, you're always, the only way that you know, it works is, is you're juggling. It's, it's family and mission. And this is where most of us probably think we are. Like this is like, it's gotta be one or the other. And then he says, and then some people, you know, they, they, they go family as mission. They literally stop great commission work, mission of Jesus work and just say, all right, Family as mission. I'm going to focus in on my family. This is, this is what, I, I, it's just my family. Family, family is it. This is it. everything else I don't have time for because I'm doing that. But then you're doing a couple of things. You got a couple challenges there. Because not only are you not spending those decades being radiant, lighting up the world, making a difference, but also you're training young people to not go on mission. They are the mission. But then he talked about family on mission, which is this, mom and dad, 
We're on mission for Jesus. We got a calling. This is what we do. And not to the neglect of children, but inviting them in to go on mission with you. Hey, we're Tysons. Church planning is what we do. Filling that in. This is what we can't do everything, but this is, this is what we're doing on the, on the mission of Christ. We get these decades. Um, another one more book. <laughs> uh, called Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. And he tells this story of his dad who was a preacher who had a, a man come forward in tears, older man, follower of Christ. And so the story, John Piper's dad, the preacher, tells the story of this older man coming forward, having lived his life in tears. And he said, I've wasted it. I've had the knowledge of God but I've not invested my life in mission. And now my years are few. I've lived my decades focused on me. I've wasted my life. And the point of the whole book is don't waste your life. You're going to invest it in the mission of something. Invest it in the mission of Christ. Let's stand together. I just want to take a moment and pray for families. If you've got a spouse next to you, would you just hold their hand? Father, we just lift up families in the house. Thank you for every mom and every dad, every grandmother and every grandfather. Thank you for every elementary child, toddler, teenager, young adult. Thank you for every single person in the house. Every businessman, businesswoman, every walk of life. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, that we as your church would live on mission. That we would experience the supernatural joy of being a part of what Jesus is doing in our generation, in our city, and around the world. So God, we come before you, and I ask in Jesus' name that my friends would not become weary. I pray that they would not lose heart. As they pray, as they serve, as they give, as they go, as they walk into hospitals and businesses, as they serve in the city, as they walk out being the people of God on the mission of God. And I pray that they would not grow weary and lose heart. We pray, Jesus, help us. It is so easy for us to forget Christ amidst all the activity for God. But today, we remember Jesus. Come. Holy Spirit, help us. Strengthen us with might in our inner man. Transform us. Unite us around Christ. Jesus is what unites us. Would you just allow the Holy Spirit, just, just 30 seconds, just to, just to remind you, this is, this is what I've called you to. God, what is it again? And I know it's a point of prayer every day, but just 30 seconds. This is who we are as a family. Maybe today you feel like an orphan. 
good news is that Jesus called disciples family. <laughs> so actually, no matter how lonely, hurting, tired, weary, disconnected you feel, there is a family for you. It's called the family of God. And I want to invite you to say yes. Give my life to Jesus. Join the fellowship of the redeemed. Say yes to Jesus. And join a family of people that say, hey, we're broken, not perfect, but Jesus has saved me. Amen. Jesus changed me. Jesus gave me a, a rock to stand on, purpose for my life, new life that I never had before. Today, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to just take that step. I want to just join with me, my hands in the air. Join with me and just raise your hand all across the room. And just join me, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Father, just say this, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you my life. Save me, redeem me, give me new life in Jesus. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, let's give King Jesus a shout out. Can we do that, everybody? Amen. Hey, side note, this is an incredible family. And I, I love this family. Thank you for being the family of God, the family of Radiant Church. Renata and I, we just love you and we love going on mission with you. So thank you for being a part of this family. Uh, to everybody that has jumped all in, you've gone through DNA, you do prayer meetings, you serve. You, I mean, let's just give the Radiant family, can you just give the Radiant family a big hand? It's a beautiful family. <laughs> and we're on a fun journey right now, right? I'm in a funny phase of life where I've got teenagers with big dreams. They got dreams of cars. They got dreams of going to college, but they broke, right? That's how we are as a church. What's up? I mean, you know, we just got started. We got big dreams and we got a, we got a building one day, but we're saving up for it. That's what Nathan was praying about. But I just want to talk about it. We're not broke. I just mean like we don't have a building. That's the only thing I mean. That's all I meant by that. But I, I just want to just say, can I tell you this? I talk to people all the time. And they say, wow, your church is portable. How do you even do that? And I just say, oh, it's, it's a miracle. It's fun. Like the people of God that come and just set up and tear it down and make it happen. And it's just like family. You know how much you love the person in your family who like makes the food, sets the table, cleans it up, and they're a saint? We call that person Nick Dimmick. Can you give it up for Nick Dimmick, everybody? What's up, what's up, what's up? Love you, love you. It's just so fun. All right, sorry. It's the family series. I can, be the, I can make dad jokes. <laughs> All right, that's funny. Hey, uh, I wanna invite the prayer team to come forward and uh, we'll just take a moment and uh, we'll close out here. If you need prayer for any reason, we'd love to pray for you. Let's take a moment, we'll pray over our tithes and offerings. We'll sing a song uh, of worship. And we're, we're, can we do that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first service, we sang the, a different song, but this, this time we're going after this one. So now I've had two services where I like it encounter God over it. Let's go again. All right, let's pray over the offering and we'll sing the song. Here we go. Jesus, we love you. You've changed our lives. You've given us a purpose and a mission. You've given us supernatural joy that we get to live in. And so the ways of the world don't hold us. 
No, the things of the kingdom are what move us. And so, oh God, take what we give. God, use it to make a difference on Serve Day. Use it to make a difference with young people in Bold Conference this summer. God, use it, Lord God, as we set up and tear down and do church. God, use it to have small groups all across the city. God, we want to be a praying church that cries out. God, bless it. Use it, we pray. In Jesus' name.